0: So go ahead, uh, four-point selfie, let everybody know what they're missing because it's about to go down. I want you to tap your neighbor, I want you to tap your neighbor and say, it's about to go down. Do it right now, say, it's about to go down. (laughs) Tap the other one and say, it's about to go down, but I don't like you as much as I like the other one, all right? I don't like you as much. All right, listen, here's what I want you guys to know this morning, all right? We're starting a new series, it's called Selfie. Y'all have all participated, I greatly appreciate it. This series, man, we had this planned a long time ago, and um, we were excited about what we believed that God was going to do. And then God started doing stuff in our lives, not just as a big idea. And I can tell you this with absolute certainty. There's never been a series in my life that God has put on my heart that is anything like this. So this is, a, this is a cry out to everybody. We got a lot of guests, and I'm so honored that you came. I know some of you came for baptism. Some of you came because you wanted to see what all this fuss was about on social media. I'm telling you guys, if you miss this series, what God is doing and what God is going to do is going to change this community in the upstate of South Carolina, and the ripple effects are going to be felt all across the world. I'm telling you right now, and I'm, I'm just really excited about what I believe is going to happen. And so let me just ask you all a question when you're on like the computer or something and and you're putting in your password and then you put in your information because you're on Amazon or wherever and you're buying your stuff. And then a couple weeks later, you find a charge. Are y'all with me? And it's not your charge because it's somewhere in Minnesota. Right? What is that called? When someone does that to you, what's it called? Identity theft. Right? Identity theft. And many of us can recognize How many of y'all have had identity theft take place in your life? Let me see your hands. Show them up. Let everybody see them. It's happened to us three times. If y'all have one of those Target cards, I forget what they're called, the red, I don't know, like you get 5% off. It's a great deal. You get 5% off at Target and they get all your stuff. It's awesome, right? Praise the Lord. But many of us have had identity theft take place in our life or if it wasn't identity theft, then you know someone that has. But here's, here's the deal, and I want y'all to get this before we do anything else. Every one of us are being attacked. Don't miss this. Every one of us are being attacked every single day. And the way that we're being attacked is identity theft. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus in here, and many of you aren't, and we're going to get to you in a second. But if you're a follower of Jesus in here, the one thing that I believe the enemy wants from you more than anything else is for you to not know your identity in Christ. For you to not know where you truly are and where you're truly going. For you to be reminded of all the things that you've done wrong and not remember the things that God has done in you. And so everything he's done, listen, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And here's what we think he's stealing. He's going to steal my stuff. He's going to steal everything. I, I, what's he going to steal? He wants to steal your identity. He wants you to not know who you are. That is his number one goal is to cause confusion in your life and to steal your identity. And I believe it's, it's just my opinion. But I believe it's on a firm foundation. I believe that the reason the church flounders the way that it does is not because we don't have power. We have the Holy Spirit of a living God living inside of us, church. But it's because we have lost our identity. We have annexed ourselves out of our identity in Christ and we found ourselves in any and every other place that's possible. And so here's what we got to do. We got to start from the beginning. We got to start from the beginning. And we got to understand what a designer is. So let me just show you. A designer is one who creates forms, structures, and patterns as for works of art or machines. It's, it's, it's a person who takes something and makes something beautiful or makes something that's functional. And, and y'all recognize designers, right? I, I walked out, I strolled out with my purse today. Someone come on, somebody, right? How many of y'all have, show me hands, how many of y'all have a Michael Kors purse? Coach, we got Coach too. That's, that's name brand. Come on, B, tell me about it. Well, like we got we got, we got Michael Kors here. I got this for Leah sometime on a, I don't know, anniversary or birthday or something. Whew. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is not Walmart, if y'all know what I'm talking about. But, 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 here's the deal. Can you buy something that looks just like this with this name and these little dudes and everything looks the same? Can you find this somewhere other than the Michael Kors place or the name brand stores? Can y'all find it? Yes. yes. What's that called? It's a knockoff. It's a counterfeit, right? Now, here's the deal, here's the deal. It'll work fine. Atlanta, someone said New York. It'll work fine, and y'all are walking down the street, right? With Y'all like it. It doesn't match, though. My shoes, I got these new D-roses. And I, I told Leah she should have had the blue. If we're, going, if we're going to bring it, keep it real, we got to keep it real real, if y'all know what I'm talking about. So, like, you might have a knockoff, but eventually... Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You might have a knockoff, but a vent, and it falls off. Y'all know it, right? After about a year, you're like, what happened to my purse? You bought a counterfeit, right? That's what happens to it. And maybe, maybe you can identify more with this. How many of y'all know what this is? Beats by Dre. Straight out of comedy. All right. Half of y'all are like, I don't know what he just said. That's okay. But like, these are real, by the way, and they were a gift. Praise the Lord for gifts. But I've had the fake ones. How many of y'all have had the fake beats? Tell the truth right now. Come on, I need somebody to tell me. The right ear goes out every time, right? And you're sitting there listening. Let me show you. We're sitting there listening. Oh, yeah, I can't hear a word y'all are saying. Right? And I'm like, I can't hear anything out of this side. It's on. And then you got to wiggle the handle because some of y'all grew up jiggling the handle, right? Come on. <laughs> that's your dad's fault for buying that knockoff toilet. All right, but that's another story. Don't worry about it. And then this is my favorite one. These are my aviator Oakleys, and they're real Oakleys. I got them at the Oakley something outlet. But everybody has been on the street, and we bought the fake Oakleys, haven't we? Folklies, somebody. (laughs) Here's what happens. I'm telling you, I don't know if they have, like, a program, but it seems like it's an exact time. I'm I'm wearing my glasses, and then y'all know it's one side falls off, and so y'all are wearing your glasses like this, right? All of y'all have done it. All of y'all have done it. And it's because... We love to find things that look like the real thing and you don't have to pay very much. You pay about a tenth of the price. And you're like, look, I've got Oakley's. And then everybody looks at you and said, why is the O like fading? <laughs> why is the paint falling off? And why is your left lens is popped out, right? What's going on with that? And it's because we're a society that loves fast and we love to get things fast and we love to find out the truth fast and I don't know, this was at the Coles Outlet in Gaffney, but it still cost probably pushing $100 for a bag. And the price tag was like $350. And I'm like, Leah, that's not Jordan, so I'm not sure about paying that. Somebody that likes you should say amen, right? But when it comes to our Christianity, y'all don't miss this. When it comes to knowing the designer, many of us live a counterfeit life. Many of us have walked through and come in church and said, I want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've even said a prayer with a pastor and we show up once every six or seven weeks whenever it's convenient for us. And we do our thing whenever it's convenient for us. And the truth is, the sleeve is about to fall off or the glasses are about to break or my life is falling apart. And you know what's bad is in this case, Knowing the designer and understanding what it really looks like, in my life, a lens doesn't come off, and in my life, an armband doesn't come off, in my life, all hell breaks loose. And listen, that's every single one of you. There's no one in here that's not going to experience something that is very difficult over the next six to 12 months. No one. The myth that God never puts more on us than we can handle is a lie from hell. There are always going to be things in your life. Till you die and go be with the Lord, there will be things in your life that you cannot handle. The myth and the lie is that you're good and you've got it. The designer never intended for that to be where you were. The designer wanted you to know who you are in him. And most of us, most of us, Christian or non, wherever you identify yourself, most of us, if if we're being honest today, we'd say, Pastor, I've heard about this Jesus thing. I've even said prayers to Jesus. But the truth of the matter is I'm living a counterfeit life because I don't really know who I am. I don't really know who I am. This whole series, we're basing it out of Genesis 1, 26 and 7. And this is what God of the universe said. He said, God said, by the way, how many of y'all got your Bibles with you? How many of y'all got something you can read your Bible? You got a tablet, you got a phone, you got something. Listen, Pastor Dean said this last week, if you're not in your Bible, how do you expect to know the God of the universe who has given us his word in that form. Get out your tablets, whatever it is, and read with me in Genesis 1:26 and 7. He said, then God said, let us make. Somebody say make. Make. Let us make man in our image after our our likeness and let them have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish and over the birds. Let them have dominion over the fish that are in the sea and the birds that are in the air and the animals that walk around. Let them be the boss. Something happened. Sin came in the world and we missed it all. But look, this is how it continues in verse 26. And over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, I, God said, I want you when we make you. Let's give them everything in dominion. Let's, let's put them in charge. Let's make this place perfect and call it Eden. And let's give them charge of everything. And so here's what God did. He said, so God created, say created. Created. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And so here's what I need you to get. And here's where I think the beginning of the split happens. There's a big difference between something that is made and something that is created. Did y'all know that? There's a big difference between something that is made and something that's created. And the thing is, it sounds the same, so it's confusing. But here's what it is. Here's what it is. To create something is to make something out of nothing. That I've seen, we can watch magic shows, right? Y'all have watched them with me. And they go, poof, and something, something's there that wasn't there. But I've never seen someone create something out of nothing. There's something that you create that with, which means you make it. We can be a designer of nice things, but there was something that they started making this with. The only one that is capable of truly making a creation, of truly creating something, is God. Because he takes nothing, and he speaks and makes it. But there's also something that is made and it's something out of something And so all of these things that I just had there was a designer There's something intelligent or someone intelligent that makes it cars that we drive. It's amazing what all they can do They were made But the creator is above all of those things And he has created all of those things and now listen, this is huge. This is huge It's impossible for us to know who we are to to really know our identity until we know our Creator, and here's why. Here's why. Don't miss this. If you saw on the screen, this is what it says: being created is spirit, and being made is flesh. So get this. Check this out. When I was made, my mom and dad had a good date night. This is free for some of y'all. was like I don't know anything about this. My parents never did that. Yes, they did. Okay. My parents had a good date night or something probably around Christmas time of 1979. And then almost nine months later, you're welcome. Right? This happened. And so matter and matter come together and creation, excuse me, something that is made takes place. But, but that's my, that's my fleshly suit. That is a temporary time. Every one of you, listen, you were created forever. You were made for this long. You were made for this long. All of you that are sitting here have been made. I can see you. I can touch you. You have been made. Jesus was made and came to this earth fully God created. Fully man-made. He was born by the Virgin Mary, and he was made, but he was also created. Listen, all of you, this is big. This is where we kind of miss it. This is where our identity gets kind of off course. To be created means that before time began, God knew my name. God knew what I would look like. God knew where I would live. God knew the hairs on my head. Forever and ever and ever and ever, God has known you and will know you. And here's where I believe the enemy wants to separate us. He doesn't care if you know that you were made. He just doesn't want you to identify with your creator and how you were created. And that he created you from nothing and breathed and made you. And here's what you need to know about God. When he created things, God spoke. God spoke. Like, watch this. God spoke and said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God said... Somebody say, God said, God said, said, let there be light. And guess what there was? There was light. And God said, let there be fish in the sea. And God said, let there be grass and all over the fields, let there be, And, and he said, let the animals do this. And God said, and here's how many times God said in Genesis chapter one, verse three, let there be light. And then six, 11, 14, 20, 24. And then God said, let us make man. And in all of these times, God said, now, this is what you need to get because this is so awesome. This is crazy. And this is where the tension takes place right here. God said, and when he spoke, not only did he create, but he put things in the place where they were supposed to be. And when God said, let us make man and then let us create man, he said, let us put a flesh suit on the outside of what is inside that I made him to be. And then a problem took place. If you keep reading in Genesis, Adam and Eve chose to eat a fruit that God told them do not eat, and that was called sin. And it separated them from God's fellowship. It separated them from how God made them to be. And it's no different than if you could picture like God made the grass on the ground. Are y'all with me? What happens when you pull grass up and then you don't plant it back? What happens to the grass? It dies, right? What about, who fishes in this room? Who fishes? Show me, show me the hands of the fishermen I'm not really a fisherman, I'm just gonna be honest. But I have gone before. Some of the people that have taken me, I've been seasick on the ocean. To God be the glory. Great things he has done for the land, right? Okay. But if you if you catch a fish that belongs in the water and you take it out of the water, what happens to the fish? It dies. And it flops, right? Y'all have seen it before? Even if you hadn't fished, you've watched Bill dance before, right? <laughs> Y'all have seen it with his Tennessee hat on and he's like, well, we're back here fishing again and somehow he catches it every single time. Like I would go catching, I just don't like the fish, right? But when a fish comes out of water, it is not anymore in the place that it was supposed to be and it is taken from its natural place. You know what I think we look like? I think we look like those fish that we've caught before that we put down in a five-gallon bucket because we want them to stay alive long enough to get home and then we forget about them. Are y'all with me? What happens to that fish if you put it in that small bucket and you forget about them overnight and the next day? What happens to them? They still die. They suffocate. I just kind of believe that's what we look like. I think that's what the church looks like today. I think we've experienced Christ and we've understood that God has placed in me. Something different that I'm not supposed to be the boss of my own life that I'm not supposed to be in control That I'm supposed to fall under his authority that my flesh and my spirit are supposed to work in harmony But I've missed the point altogether and I'm a fish out of water flopping around and I'm like, what's the problem? All hell is breaking loose in my life and I can't understand pastor why all this stuff's taking place. What's the problem? I'm a fish out of water I've experienced a little bit of Jesus And it's awesome And maybe next Sunday I can give Jesus a little bit of time. And I'm swimming in a five-gallon bucket or even a 150-gallon bucket. Eventually, if that water doesn't get changed out and moved, the fish die because it runs out of life-giving air. Because it is no longer in the place that God made them to be in the sea or the sod on the side of the road where the construction was taking place. And something goes wrong. and, And the pallets of sod just sit there. And they sit there. And they sit there. You can pick it up all you want to and you can plant it all you want to, but eventually it withers and it dies, doesn't it? And that is what so many of us look like. God made you, but he also created you with this purpose in mind, to bring him glory and honor, to praise his name and to walk under his authority as a man and a woman that is a son and daughter of the king. That I can stand up with boldness and say, I can speak these words in authority, not because I'm good, There's nothing good in this guy right here, but because I'm under my father who's in heaven. And so listen, to give you just a tiny bit of background in 1 Corinthians 15, where we're going to spend our time for the rest of the time. Paul was kind of asked in this chapter, what's the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, by the way. And Paul defined the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 as the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if I don't know about that, I can't know my identity. And the identity thief is winning every second of the day. And in your job when you just want to throw your hands up, and with your kids that you don't understand why they're losing their minds, and with the tragic situation that's taken place in the death of a family member, or what would probably have been easier if it would have been death because you were abused for so long. Like, I just want to throw my hands up. I'm a fish out of water. I don't know what to do The death. Burial and resurrection of Jesus is the only hope we have, period. And then this is how he explains it. Guys, I'm telling you, 1 Corinthians 15 is the coolest chapter because it makes so much sense with our identity and not understanding what we are and who we are and trying to find love in all the wrong places and trying to find out who I am. And I identify myself with my job or how many people shows up or how many people don't show up or or whatever. And it's for you, it's, it's, it's maybe different, but it's much the same. What Paul says to explain this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, so is it with the resurrection of the dead. In just a few minutes, we're going to have, I think, 15 people get baptized, which is thinking awesome. I mean, I'm really excited. Come on, y'all can clap for that. And he says, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What was sown is perishable. Let me explain to you real quickly. Y'all know what perishable means. But what you do on your own power and your own understanding and your own way is dying. Just like the sod that's been ripped up, just like the fish out of water, it's perishable. It's not going to be around for much longer. But what is raised to life in Jesus Christ is imperishable. And for all of us that are doing things, not so that we earn God's love, but because he loved us. What we're doing in Christ is imperishable. What he's done in us will never die. Because we are alive in Jesus Christ. Now watch this, verse 43. It says, it's sown in dishonor. Check this out. This is quick, but listen. If I honor people or try to honor God out of my own power, at best, don't miss this, at best it's dishonor. If I'm doing anything in my own power, at best I'm dishonoring them and at worst I'm making a mess of the entire situation. But when I'm raised to life, It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. The strongest, most powerful person, the best speaker that you've ever seen, the person that you say, if I could be like them, I would change everything. I would give up everything to be like them. He said, no, listen, that person is weakness because they may look good on the outside, but they don't know their identity because they don't know their designer. They don't have an intimate relationship with their maker. And so everything that you do is sown in weakness, but but it's raised in power. I don't want you to miss this one word. Somebody say power. Power. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says the same power, same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the spirit that lives inside of every one of you Christians. And 8 1 says there's no condemnation for those in Christ. So I don't doubt that that is true. My question today is, do you know him and is he how you identify yourself? Do you identify yourself with the fact that when I stand up here, my identity is not in Christ? And if you walk out of here and you say, Pastor Mark preached a great message, you've missed the entire point. We honored God. We lifted up the name of Jesus. But it is on his name and his name alone that anything can change. It is not by my words or my power. It is through his power that I speak my words. And if you miss that, you'll go out of here and you'll say, yes, I want that. And you'll swim in that five-gallon bucket or the smaller bucket, even this. And you'll say, this is good. I'm free. I'm free. And then you, you, you belly up. And you're like, I don't understand. What I sow in my own power, belly up. What I sow in Christ will never die. And it's because it's not about me. Tap your neighbor and say, it's not about me. Say say it loud. Say, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about you either, but I love you. So I don't want you to be sad. Verse 44. It was sown in my natural body, but it's raised in my spiritual body. And listen, they come together. Sin caused them to separate. And God said, you have to leave and you're going to die. And we all worry about physical death. When will my flesh body die? But the bad part was their spiritual death. Death was right then and there because they could not have that every second, every minute, every walking with God fellowship because sin displeases God to the point. Listen, he's holy and he can't look at it. He can't be around it. God the Father turned his back on Jesus because he took on all of your shame and all of your sin. And I want you to not miss this. For just a couple days, he wore his flesh suit and went in the grave and for three days, he took on all of that. For the rest of Friday and all day Saturday until Sunday morning, he took on all of that shame. And God couldn't even look at Jesus. But he was raised to life in the spirit. And he took on and killed and defeated and kicked down the door of hell and said, no more, we're raised to life. And that is why I have power and strength. It is not my will or my power, but the fact that my natural body, this flesh soup that God gave me for 80, 85, even maybe 90 years, It's not the point. This is the point when the creation and the made comes together, how God designed you to be. But we don't know ourselves because we've been tricked into believing. It's all about this. It's not about that. 45. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam. This is the first man ever made, Adam. Became a living being, breathing. How God made him by breathing dust in the ground. And the last man, Adam, that's Jesus became a life-giving spirit. It went from I'm breathing up everything and I'm trying to do it on my own to I'm taking on all your everything and you don't have to do it on your own. Come on, somebody, that's good. I don't have to do it on my own anymore. I've got Jesus, Holy Spirit inside of me that it's no longer about me. His life-giving spirit fills me every single morning. He's new and he's faithful and it's unbelievable. But so often what I do is forget this and forget the last item and I just remember all that's me. And I remind myself every day, bro, we got like these deadlines we got to meet. You got to talk to these seven people. Your kids have to do this. You got this bill to pay. I got to do all these things. Why is it that we constantly blame the devil for what he makes us do? when the only thing he has to do is whisper in your ear one time and we remind ourselves thousands of times what we can't do. Guys, this isn't a pep rally message, but I'm just telling you right now, more than I've ever believed this in my entire life, I believe so strongly that I want to do a cannonball in the water, but it would be awkward for y'all, okay? (laughs) Nothing is impossible with God. Listen to what I'm telling you. Nothing is impossible with God. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor principalities and darkness. Nothing can separate me from God's love. But the deal is most of us know about it, but we've never known it because there's a separation problem and I'm a fish out of water. And until I really know Christ, until I really know Christ and I identify myself with my designer, God, all that I am is you. I may have this suit that I live in for a few years, but I'm yours. Take me where you'll go. Where you lead, I'll follow. I don't care what it is or what we're doing. Big house, small house, nice car, or jacked up 2001 Saturn that I love dearly. It doesn't matter. That's not my identity. My identity's not in my house. My identity's not in my car. My identity's not in my job. My identity is not what is a living being. My my, my identity is in the living spirit that is in me. And guys, I'm telling you, no matter how much you know or how much you've got, can't buy or think your way out of this one. This is it. Do you know Jesus? 46. But it's not the spiritual that comes first, but the natural. Don't miss this. If I miss this part, I missed all the rest. You were born with a nature to sin. And all of you, there's not one person that will ever live on this planet other than Jesus that will ever be spirit first. That's why Jesus, when he was walking in John chapter 3, and most people know John 3, 16, but they missed the point. He's walking with this dude named Nicodemus who was a scholar in the Bible. And he says, how can I have life? How can I be free? How can I have salvation? And he says, you must be born again. Like, you've been born. You're alive. You've got a flesh suit on. But you've got to realize that you don't know me. You know all about me, but you don't know me because you've never been breathed into by God. And those dry bones that you have have never stood up and said, I'm alive in Jesus. And he says, so... So, so you can identify yourself with whatever you want to and you can lie to as many people as you want to, but check this out, you gotta be born again. And the picture of what we're doing in a few minutes is my favorite thing in the world because we're showing that we died to ourselves, that I'm gonna preach in a couple weeks and it's good and we're gonna be raised to life in Christ Jesus that my identity is no longer me, but it's he that is in me that I identify myself with. And he says, so look, don't miss this, you're all born first. And if you can't identify the fact that one time you were there, then you've never been here. But here's where we want to go. Here's how we change the world. This is the formula to change the world. It's not be a better speaker. It's not know more about stuff. It's not be a better job. It's not have a bigger house. It's to identify yourself with spirit that you've been raised in. 47. The first man was from the earth, got breathed in the dust of the ground, and that was where all of us come from, and that's where all of us will go. But the second is from heaven, and that's where we're all headed that are alive in Christ. 48 says, as was the man of dust, so are all, excuse me, so also are those who are of the dust. We're all the same. You know how we identify people? Maybe it's just me, but we're like, that knockoff's a little better than that knockoff. Y'all with me? That Michael Kors purse, it really looks real. Daniel and I went to China several years ago, and I swear, the stuff in China that were knockoffs, we thought was real. I mean, I was like, this is the real thing. And then you look closely and it's not. And then eventually, you can identify how it's not. And some of us, some of us really look like we're not this. But at the end of the day, you're either spirit or you're dust. And the second man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And the last verse says, Just as we have been born in the image of man, just as you've been made, we shall also bear the image of God. We shall also bear the image of God. We shall also bear the image of the one who's in heaven. But only when, don't miss this, but only when we decide that we're not the boss anymore. Only when we decide, you know what, God, it really isn't about me. And I don't know why this is true, guys, but here's the fact. For most of us, it takes like that defining moment in our lives where we can look ourselves in the mirror and say, this was never about me. And we have to come to the end of ourselves, like the story in Luke 15 of the lost son that is down in the pig slop and says, I've tried all this other stuff and I found my identity in my richest I found my identity and all these other things, but I really want to know who I am in Christ. I would really love to find out what God has for my life. And guys, I'm just telling you, the lid comes off of depression. The lid comes off of so many other things. The lid comes off of that hurt that you don't believe in your life that you can ever get over. But for so many of you, that's what defines you. When you look yourself in the mirror, you look at yourself and you say, look, you're only ever going to be this. And you remind yourself of the lies. And that was never God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life was to be his glory and his honor. God's plan for your life was to be sons and daughters in royalty. Did y'all hear that last song that Corey sang? I am royalty. I am destiny. I am going to change the world. So what we have to do is figure out what that looks like and what that means. And here's a verse that I absolutely love. Revelation chapter one. I just believe Jesus throws us a nugget right here and says, here's how it happens. Can I just tell you guys, can everybody look this way? I'm just really believing and I have been for a long time. We had several people gathered this morning and prayed and we had more people come this week during the week and yesterday afternoon and I believe this is your moment. I don't know who you are, but I believe there's several of you, I mean lots of you, that this moment is your moment to be alive in Jesus Christ for the very first time. And this is how it happens. Jesus said, and he who was, this is John speaking first, he said, he who was seated on the throne said, this is Jesus' words, behold, I am making, what does he say? Say it out loud. Man. So many of us need that, don't we? We need Jesus to make all things new in our lives because we've identified ourselves in everything but Jesus and everything but a risen spirit inside of us. We've identified ourselves in our successes and our failures. We've identified ourselves in what God made and not what he created inside of us to be a world changer. Behold, I am making all things new. Also, Jesus said, "Write this down. This these words are a trustworthy, excuse me, these words are trustworthy and true." And he said to me, it is done say that out loud and mean it say it is done done. it is done I never ever ever have to remind myself again of, of where I've been of what I've done of what I used to be God does not care where you've been God does not care what you've done you carry earthly consequences but he raises you to life and you never have to worry about it ever again why? because in those three days that he took on all of your shame he took it all And he grabbed the keys of death and hell, is what Revelation chapter one says. And he gave me the keys to the kingdom when I'm raised to life in him, when I fall under his authority and not my own. It is done. Every morning, we should write this down. It is done. You're not what you used to be. You're not what you believe defines you. You're not all of your past failures. It is done. He's the beginning and the end. That's the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet, which doesn't just mean first and last, it means everything. It means all encompassing. He's got it all and he's done it for you and he's done it for me to bring glory to God the Father. He did it all for you. What will you let keep you from this statement right here to the thirsty, to the people that don't just wanna be in the five gallon bucket or flop around? To the people that can look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm a fish out of water. I'm sod that's been ripped up. I'm tired of baking in the sun. I can't do this on my own. To you thirsty, I will give from them the spring of the water of life without payment. With nothing from you except God. I'm all of yours. I need to be born again. I've tried this thing. I've played with it. I've not even really believed in you. But the result is I'm hopeless, I'm lost, I'm wandering. I can't even identify myself with who I am or where I'm going. I need y'all to lean in right now. Every single one of you, I don't care how old or young, I don't care how great of a job you are, I don't care how proud you are of you. There is, God has no respecter of persons, which means we're all equally far from God until he raises us to life in him. And this is your moment this is your moment right now. Here's what I'd ask. How many of you will say, never again, pastor, never again, pastor. My identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. And right this minute, I'm going to be raised to life in Jesus. I'm going to identify myself with him. I'm going to ask you to do something that's so hard, but I'm telling you right now, if you can't do it in here, If you can't do it where people are going to lose their minds and go find their baby and throw their baby in the air, then I promise you, you can't do it in here. And I'm done with the fake junk. Is somebody else with me? I'm done with not real. I'm done with hiding behind a facade that is not real anymore. So I need to know this for the first time. Who will be the boldest one? Because I believe there's dozens of people in here that need this. Who will be the first one that says, Pastor, I'm raised to life right now. I have identified myself in everything else. I've done everything, I've slept with everything, I've been with everything, and I'm done with identifying myself with anything else. And right this moment, I wanna be raised to life. Listen, if that's you, just stand to your feet. Come on, I know it's some of you. Stand to your feet right now with everybody looking. With everybody looking, I just want you to stand up. I believe if one goes, other people will go. And maybe it's too hard, but can I just tell you, this one word, if it's too hard in here right now, then here's the truth. You're gonna leave knowing that you're through that you're a fish out of water, that you're flopping around, or you're gonna know that you're new and the choice is up to you. So last chance. Who wants to stand up and say right now, man, I'm done, I'm done playing games. Awesome, who else? Come on, stand up, somebody. (laughs) Who else? Who else said that's me right now? Who else says that's me right now? I can't tell you how bold that is. With everybody in the room, with 200 adults looking at you, I can't tell you how difficult that is. That is so difficult to do. I don't think that that clap is good enough, so I need somebody to lose their minds right here. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Let me hear you clap. More people are standing right now. The Bible says that right now the angels in heaven are celebrating. The angels in heaven are celebrating and I think we need to celebrate a little bit more. Hey, listen, I got two more things. I got two more things. This is for every Christian in here because the, the majority of us would identify ourselves in Christ. How many of you guys will be honest with me right now? I don't know how many people just said yes to Jesus, but I know several did. How many of y'all would be honest enough in here with all your peers looking at you and say, bro, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus, but I've been a fish out of water for quite some time and I'm ready for my life to never be the same. I'm ready to be a world changer. Wherever God leads, I'll go. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. And today I'm going to leave here and never be the same because my identity is in Christ. If I was down where you were. God knows I would need to stand up and I would be the first one, but I just want you wherever you are to stand to your feet and say, that's me. That's me right now. Don't do it if you don't mean it, but stand up if you know you need it. Awesome. Stand up if you know you need it right now. Stand up if you know you need it. I know God's moved. Thank you. I know God's moved in several of your hearts today. Y'all have a seat. If you're going to get baptized while I'm praying, if you'll just get up and go. Here's one thing that I want to offer you guys. Some of y'all, there's 15 getting baptized. Some of y'all need to go right now. You've never been baptized before. We've got shorts and we've got shirts. We're not planning a big event. But y'all just need to go out right now and say, Pastor, I've never been baptized. This is your first step of obedience in Christ. And if you've never identified yourself with the world that you're saved This is your first step. So everybody that's getting baptized right now, stand up. Show them how many people get to go with them. Y'all stand up. Y'all go ahead and start walking back. And I'm going to pray. And we're going to sing and then we're going to have a party. God, what an awesome day it's been. What an awesome day it's been. Oh, my goodness. Here's what I want to thank you for. I don't want to thank you that we did anything. I want to thank you that you did everything. At just the right time, when I was hopeless and lost, you came and rescued us. First John 4.10, God, I'm so thankful that that is the truth. God, my prayer over this group right now is that you will help us sing at the top of our lungs and identify ourselves in this song, that our dry bones are not dry anymore because we've been planted and rooted in you, that we are not fish out of water that my identity is found in Christ because I know my designer, I know my creator and you're above all and in all. We love you, Jesus. And it is because of you and in everything that we lift up your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Y'all stand with us.